Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. What happened here now? Um, she's messing me up so bad. Okay. We're back on track. Atlanta, I hope you're there. <laughs> okay. Parshas Achri. Only Achri Mais. So often time is Achrimais Kedoshim Emer. Achrimais Kedoshim together. Tonight, to, to this week, it's only Achrimais. I'm not sure what exactly is going on here today. I seem to have a technical problem here with Skype. Okay, we have Scranton. We have Atlanta. I gotta figure out what's wrong with my camera. There's a problem with my camera. Gentlemen, I'm gonna call right back and figure out, hopefully, or maybe not. Okay, we're back on. We're up and running. Fine. Only Pashas Achrimais. Only. Shabbos Mavarchim, Chaydish, Iyar. Iyar, as we all know, is Rashtevis Ani Hashem Reif Echo. I am God, your God that heals you. Miat Hashem also in the course of this year, as we do during the course of the week of Svira, weeks of Svira, we will say something on a Gemara in. Seita, which we learn each day one blot, as those who count Davin Mayavari tonight, count the Yid Beis, count the twelve tonight. Um, is the video working yet in Atlanta? I see yours is not on. Scranton sees me. Scranton on my video? I guess he's saying yes. Um, and also something on the mission of Pikiavis. As we begin Pikiavis now this week, from the Shabbos till the Shabbos before Shavuos. Thank you. Till the Shabbos before Shavuos. In the mini Chabad is though we say Pirkei is throughout the summer until the Shabbos before Shoshana. The words of Pirkei will explain again is Milsa the Chasidusa, words of Chasidus, which teach us how to act, how to behave, how to live our daily lives. Because, of course, in the summertime there's almost a level of laxity in people's behavior and acts of, in Judaism in general, and in certain things. It's, it's summer, it's summer, it's vacation, people go away, people this, people that. It's just something that people need to pull in the reins over and therefore the Chavu Masakin to learn Pekiyavis in these times to keep the people in check so a person can keep themselves in check although Teda in its own right should do that on its own and yes Baruch Hashem, you can learn Teda we learn all the Teda of Alaveda, but there are times that people are subjected to certain things, certain Yitzharas, different than throughout the year. And therefore, Lima Pirkei So, Mitzvah will also discuss a little bit of a Mishnah Pirkei and a little bit of Gemara Seita. But most importantly, of course, is Parshas Achrimais. 
an entity on its own. It doesn't have to be joined with Kedoshim. And there's so much. The Parsha is so, so rich. Teaching us such deep, deep lessons. Of course, the opening of the Parsha, everybody knows. Achri Meis Shnei B'nei Aaron. The passing of the two sons of Aaron. Hashem spoke to Moshe, says the Passover, after the passing of the two sons of Aaron, and then the Passover finishes off, and they passed. What had they been doing? Why the double Lashon, Achri Mais and Vayamusa? So one explanation is the words they died and they died are not repeating the fact of another Naviyah's death. But rather it's, the, it's explaining the underlying sin as to why they died. According to one Interpretation of the Erechayim HaKadosh. Nadav and Aviyu died by the kiss of God. Mrs. Nishika. And he explains this to me, very simple. They sensed, they delighted in the closeness of God to the point that their souls left out of sheer ecstasy. Sinus explains, but, however, Nadav and Azviyu's passing under such circumstances of feeling such bliss and such ecstasy and therefore letting the Nishamas go to God and attach themselves to God itself is a sin. A Jew needs to aspire to reach and to achieve and to, to get to the highest possible level and connection with God Himself. A Jew needs to dream that he's going to be one with God. This is what a person has to strive for. But God grants us a physical life. God wants God wants the physical world to exist and that we make him a dwelling place on this world. So therefore, a person's ultimate objective is not to escape being a human being escape the worldly tasks of our daily life and just connect ourselves and become one with God one needs to see to it they devote and dedicate their lives on a daily basis on an hourly basis to the service of God in this world with the physical concepts of the world with the physical items of the world whether it be your chair which you're sitting on to study Teda whether it be your glasses which are helping you read Torah, whether it be eating something so that you have strength to study Torah and do mitzvahs, whether it be sleeping at night so that you have strength for the next day to do, learn Torah and do mitzvahs. Everything that a person does in the physical world needs to have a purpose so that they can serve God with this. And it becomes a conduit to godliness. In contrast, another one of you didn't take that in serious. Didn't do that right. 
the other one of you, allow the spiritual rapture to peak and to reach such a point that it was called in Chassidus, Lashon Chassidus, Rotzu Veinashev. They wanted to be attached. They only wanted to go up higher and higher, but with no return. And this is a sin. Regarded as a sin, especially for such holy, holy people. So this is therefore what the Pasuk tells us. After the death of the two sons, when they drew near before God and died. <coughs> what was the death? What was the cause of their death? Because they drew themselves so close to God. And this was displeasing to God. They opted out of the option of doing the worldly actions. Following through with worldly mitzvahs, and they decided that they needed to quite literally attach themselves to God totally, which causes death to the physical body, whereas the holy soul connects to God. This, for them, was considered a sin. Rashi explains it, though. Or the Medish, rather, explains it. And the Medish says that the passing of Nodav Aviyu, the children of Aaron, was because they went in Lifnai Vilifnim. They entered the Kedish HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. And this was off-limits. A second reason, it says, they were lacking garments. They didn't put on all the garments of the Kayan. A third reason is cited. They did not have any children, or rather sons. A fourth reason, they weren't married. What? is the connection between all these reasons as to the reasons of passing of the children of Aaron. In the Pasuk itself, we find, as we said before, the Vayamusu. After it's saying Achrei Mais, it says also Vayamusu. So we see the double, as we explained, the reason for the repetition. But let's be realistic. None of you, according to most many opinions, were greater than Moshe and Aaron, greater than their father and uncle. What were they thinking? So we said they wanted to attach themselves to God, but in essence, they knew it was a sin. It was a sin punishable by death. Literally. Quite literally. Why? Why would they do that? Why did they not know their limits? Teres Chassidus explains this parasha that the passing of Nadam and Aviyu was because they were such great tzaddikim. And as we said, they had this tremendous burn and yearn to be together with God. Till it came to what's called Kalei Sanefesh. The Neshamas just left their bodies. This shows how great they were, really. I mean, you can sing that you're in love with one above. You can preach how you love God. You can go around parading about it. You can make banners and signs and whatever you'd like. But 
to achieve such a level, to be able to literally have our neshamas just fly out so they can attach, so we can be attached to God that that closely. I don't know many people that could do that. But this yet is something that they took on, a tremendous, tremendous thing. And it looks like a tremendous achievement. But in essence, as we said, it was a sin. Because, of course, as we said, explained before, the goal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is last the Shaman needs to find itself in a physical body, in this physical world, and needs to turn over the essence of every physical item in this world and cause it to be a godly vessel. A person is obligated to do just that, to purify, to elevate, to change from within, so that they themselves are a vessel to accept godliness. To fly out of our body is not something that God subscribed. So since this is a sin, we now understand why it says, as we said. Vayimusu is not a punishment, but rather this is how it ultimately played out. This also explains to us the connection between all the aforementioned reasons that the marriage brings down. They went lifnai v'lifnim. doing a lot of thinking. We'll get to it in a second. They went with Nivalifnim. Which means they went too far, they went too high. They were lacking garments. Garments represent mitzvahs, which are called the garments of the soul. And this view stripped themselves of because they wanted only to elevate their souls. They were not married, they did not have children. This is a fact also. They refrain from physical, any physical worldly things. So therefore, the lesson in essence of the passing of the children of Adam, each and every Jew has times Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, where they feel very, very, very close and they feel they need to pour out and connect to God as close as they can. We need to remember that these emotional times are something that are very great and we need to elevate ourselves to the highest we can achieve, but we need to get back here. We need to still continue our worldly Aveda to sanctify, to purify the physical life. This is our main mission. To turn the world over that it should be in such a way that it should be fit for the resting of God in the world. The question becomes if they knew how high they were going to go if they knew that we parchen ishmason, weren't they in essence committing suicide? Listen, they let their souls out of their bodies. Does one need to hang themselves to do that? Throw themselves off a roof? Throw themselves in front of a train? Or has show them something more severe? To make the neshama go out of their body? Isn't that considered a suicide? Making your soul leave your physical body? 
If that's the case, how is this not the same? How is this not suicide? They cause their souls to leave their body. We can try to decipher the concept of suicide which is one that wants to punish their body and therefore wants out there was once actually a very very stable minded and full clear minded person who was frustrated frustrated from A, B or C whatever it might have been or all three and he got up and he screamed out stop the world I want to get off why is my audio breaking up are we better now let me try to just unplug this thing that's all he got up to scream stop the world I want to get off Did he mean I want to commit suicide? No. What drives a person to actual suicide? I cannot tell you. I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist. The person looks to punish their own self by leaving the world because they say they can't handle what is going on in the world. Mark that up as suicide. But when a person enjoys world, enjoys the study of Taylor, enjoys mitzvahs, enjoys everything really, and enjoys spirituality more, and didn't go out of their way to make the Nishamas leave their body, it wasn't an act to get their soul out of their body. It was simply the soul from within with such a strong yearn, with such a strong drive, they were able to achieve, to see to it that the Neshama actually did connect the way it can, they're supposed to connect and we see this as we said before on Rosh Hashanah on Yom Kippur the Jew sits in Shul and you feel yourself at a totally different spiritual level than you are when you're at home when you're at work when you're on vacation I mean how could you compare the feeling of the Kol Nidre night the feeling of Ni'ilah to a daily mundane day weekday I still love God I still want to learn Torah I still want to do mitzvahs but I'm nowhere near that level that simple me simple nothing how much spirituality do I ever achieve with myself but still, when I sit by Kal Nidre, when I sit by Ni'ilah, I feel I'm somewhere higher than I've ever been before. And each year, higher and higher. When the famous story of the Yid that lived all his life in Abachazagoy as a Paritz, whatever he was, and was summoned by I don't remember I believe I believe it might have been Levi Yitzchak Badichev I'm not sure if I'm wrong feel free to correct me to come to Yom Kippur Davening and he came to the shul by Kal Nidre and before they took out the Sefetera he walked over 
and he opened the Yerim Kedush. He stood by that Arun Kedish, by that holy ark, for the entire 26 hours of Yom Kippur. Crying and crying and crying. And when they finished Yom Kippur, they finished Meirev, they, they finished Nila, and they wanted to dive Meirev and close the ark, they went over to ask him to step away. And they found that he had passed away. He had cried himself with such tshuva, such repentance, that Parachanish Masai. He did not commit suicide, Rabbi Yisai. He did not, He had elevated and achieved the highest possible level of a yid, of the Balchuva at the umpteenth level. The Bnei Arin understood very, very well what they really need to do, what the mission really is in this world. But that burn to be one with God was something that they just let drive and drive deeper and deeper until ultimately Paruch muscle. <coughs> Sorry. Again, Rashi tells us though that the passing of the children of Aaron is mentioned here in the Tera. They went into the Kedush Kedashim, as we said, the Holy of Holies. And as the Pasuk tells us afterwards, a person cannot come whenever they want to the Kedush. Only the Kain Godl was able to come and only in the Holy of Holies, only on Yom Kippur. But prior to that halacha, prior to that law, Pasuk tells us, What connection is there? Passing of the children of Aaron with the prohibition of may not come into the holy, holy of holies. Rashi explains in the name of Eliezer ben Azariah, Eliezer ben Azariah, I'm sorry. Marshal a marshal, a parable. Mechilef may sick person, an ill person. Shuhuz haraydei reifei, who is warned through the doctors, al teichel tzaynein, do not eat cold things, al tishka v'tacha, don't sit in damp, don't rest in damp areas. Person had an illness, arthritis, I don't know what. Whatever ailment the person had, they were warned, stay out. Don't go to these places. No. Needless to say, the person will take heed, basically, to what the doctor told him, the instructions. Rashi continues. Lachar mm-hmm. After this, a doctor came. A second doctor. And he told the person, Don't eat cold. Don't lie down in damp areas. Why? So you shouldn't die like that guy died. <coughs> you have the same illness. And if you do these things, you're going to die like he did. Needless to say, says Rashi, the second one had a warning that was way more potent than the first. The second one scared the living daylights out of the person to an extent they ain't doing it. And therefore, says Rashi, that the Torah tells us this warning, to teach us and to tell us, warning Kahanim, you see, they died from this. 
Be careful. Why this, out of all the warnings, brings Aaron to danger? And this comes out from the muscle itself, the sick person, ill person, that had high fever, and he wanted to bring down his fever by drinking cold water, and to rest in, in cold places, wet, damp places. So a regular simple warning Simple warning without any kind of embellishment simply the person could not get down his fever why does it need to tell us danger why does it need to tell us the poise of danger to have him refrain they should strengthen himself on this yearning of the sick person to refrain from endangering himself this way. Same thing is also with Aaron Akayun. He himself also had this tremendous yearning to be with God. That drew him to come into the Kaidish Akadashim, to the Holy of Holies. And by just telling him, don't know if he'd be able to hold himself in always. Therefore, the Tata goes to a great length and tells us about the passing of his children. When they wanted to come close to God. To show him the dangers, the peril of this idea. Why this story? What does this have to do with us? Tera is lashon brought down the zayar. Tera has a lesson always for everything. What lesson are we learning from such a story? And not just we, but for every Jew throughout, through all generations. There's a lesson in this story. <coughs> a Jew needs to harness this yearning. A Jew needs to bring himself to this level to try to want to be close with God the way they did. Even though we need to do our worldly actions and we need to cause the dira betachtenim, the dwelling of God in this world. It needs to be a concept of al karachachatachai. Brought down later in Pekiyavas, Perik, Perik, Dalid, fourth Perik. You're in this world because you're forced to be in this world. You should want to be attached to God. One should want to get out of their boundaries and achieve this connection to God. If, however, he does not fulfill this yearning and doesn't go out of his body, he, this happens because of the commandment of God it is a tafkir of the person to be in this world. This is your mission. Not because you didn't succeed and you couldn't do it, but you don't do it because you need to be in this world.
generally such a mission, such a task is a tall task practically impossible person wants to strive to be a better Jew in this world to accomplish what they need to in this world and that's way more than they can handle he's happy if he can fulfill his mission in this world (coughs) so where am I going to fly up as an angel and the answer is while you're in your the realm of your own life it's not possible unless one gives themselves totally over to the Meshit Abenu, to the middleman of the generation, to the teacher of the generation, then the person doesn't have his own yearnings, his own understandings, his own doings. Then the person realizes and understands what his mission is in this world. And since HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees to it to unite these two opposites, the mission of trying to connect to God and the mission of staying in this world, each and every Jew therefore has this capacity to carry these two opposite missions to their fullest. Later in the Pasha, Perikta Zayin Pasikid Beis, chapter 16, verse 12, we're talking about the Kayan doing his service in the Beis Hamidosh, in the Mishkan. V'lokach, he takes m'leyamach togach le'eish me'alam izbeach, whole pan full of the coals from alam izbeach, m'fnei Hashem, for God, m'leichofna of k'tedes, samim daka, and a handful of the, the the frankincense, behave me based laparechas, and he brings it to the base laparechas. It's a menial job. Really, seriously. They say the hill paracha when he's getting older. And he went through a lot in the course of his life. He was walking home one day from shul. And he was carrying his towels bag, his towels and film. And they were heavy for him. One of the younger fellows walked over to him. said, Rabbi Hillel, Nobody help him. Nobody help him. Let me help you carry your bag. It'll be easier for you to go. The Hill said, Please. He said, Do you know that the Avedis Yemekipurim, or the Kengadl, the holiest work on Yemekadish, the work that he did within the temple, within the, the Holy of Holies, etc., was so exhausting. They were getting hard. King Godla had his own mission. To take this shovel from Kedish Kedoshim and to do the Aveda. And before he took the shovel out, he had to go to the mikveh first simple thing of taking a shovel of frankincense out of the Kiddush Kedoshim. Before he did that, he had to go to the Mikveh. So that's the case, he says. Taking back holy things is an Aveda 
for itself. And you think I want to give that away to somebody else. So my carrying of my talis and film is a mitzvah. It's a holy item I'm carrying. The Kohen Gadol, with all his, everything he was doing, sort of, it was such a mitzvah. That he had to go to the mikvah beforehand. Simple thing, carrying the shovel. So my simple thing of carrying my bag, the tallest bag, my mitzvah. We then learn in verse 21. Okay. places his hands on the live goat. and he says his vidui confession. all the sins. three different levels. Avinus. Shayam and Khatesam. Three different levels of sins. Vinasa Bismarisha Sayyid puts it on the head of the Sayyid. Vishilak and he sends this Sayyid Vyad Ish Iti Hamidbara. The hands of Ish Iti. Ish Iti was not an alien. Actually, it was just a regular person. In Tafresh Pei Beis, when the Yevasekzia uh, was driving the Jews crazy and killed scores and scores of Yidin, and they were closing down shuls, Talmudetes, Yeshivas, Mikvas, Shchitas, they, they prohibited Brismila. Fidi Gerebe was not moved by this at all. And set up a special organization. And this was set up by many different factions of people for the different things that they had to do. some cases they had to go from one town to the other one city to another to give moral support to the Jews and more importantly to see to it that everything is functioning the way it should at one point there was a meeting in Moscow with ten Jews nine chassidim, nine tmimim and the Rebbe. And they were said, we're going to give our lives for spreading of Tera till the last drop of blood. And they all agreed. They were ready to swear on it. This service to go out there and do what you have to do. And they went out, Mesiris Nefesh actually setting up yeshivas, etc. And there were those that were killed, and when they were killed, the Rebbe didn't say, okay, I didn't succeed in that area, and back away, the Rebbe sent somebody else. But they were scared. They were scared of these people, they were scared of their eyes. But still in, all, in their faces, they set up what had to be set up. Noshim Sidkanius 
would sit and guard the doors with masks, etc. And they can come in and warn if they saw anybody coming to those who were learning inside. Now we said before, not everybody got away with it. If anybody was caught, they suffered literally till death. Some of them were sent exiled to who knows what. And died in dungeons of what? Of the lowest of those. But they still persevered and went on and fought, fought further. Literally until the last drop of blood. There were some Jews who saw this going on. And they turned to the Rebbe and they said, Rebbe, maybe this doesn't have to go till death. Maybe people don't have to actually die for these things. And the Rebbe answered them very simply. All the Avedis in the Migdash, all the services that were done in the Beis Migdash, were done through Kahanam and Levim. And the Vedas HaKadosh especially, there was one thing though, that was given to a regular Jew, not a Kayin, not a Levi. And that was the Soyer LaZozel Yom Kippurim. As we said before, was sent by Ish Iti. Iti meaning temporary it was known for those of who didn't know till today I hope I don't shock you too badly it was known that the person that took the sheep to Azazel did not live through that year they died that year there was no question about it it wasn't as if an if, an and, a but, whatever, that maybe they can, a loophole, there was no loopholes. The person, the Ishiti, that took the Shepsel to the Azazel, did not live through the year. Did not live out the year. And yet, there was a line of people begging to do it. No, it's not suicide. It's not suicide, This line that was out there to do this because people were ready. You know, actually, I didn't start the shir properly. I didn't say that it's I didn't mention Shmuyakim and Moshe or Jeanette Bas Avram Ibrahim Akoyin. This year goes, and of course, everyone's waiting to hear my take on the California catastrophe this year, this week. It's I, I wouldn't say it's superfluous to say. Um, two is spelled with two O's. Um, there's been so much about it obviously never be enough someone comes in and shoots up one of our shuls this is very close to home I know Rabbi Goldstein since a little boy only a few years younger than I am. We grew up together. 
But what's there to say? We've heard everything. You want my take on it? I'll give it to you in a minute. Let's finish the story. The Fidik Rebbe says, the Ish Iti Amid Bara was ready to die that year so that he could do something in the Beis Hamikdash. This was a given. It was not a maybe, an if, an and. It was a sure thing. And yet people were ready to do it. People lined up to do this. Says the Rebbe. Here is something that gives life to so many other Jews. How could you even think of not putting yourself out there for this? My take? History is repeating itself. It always does. We were fortunate. No. Truth to be told, no. We never really had a very big break between one catastrophe to the other. This is probably the biggest break that we've ever had. 70 years since the Holocaust. We are now facing anti-Semitism at the level of pre-Holocaust years. And it's worse today. It's worse today because we have the wonderful world of the internet. Making the world that much smaller. Making it that much easier for the anti-Semites to spread the word. I mean, recently they were told, they were telling the people, adults, the parents, to watch your children, be very careful on YouTube if they're watching things on YouTube because there's somebody put in a virus of some sort with something inside it that literally is making children commit suicide. Scary. But the anti-Semitism that's injected in our universities, in the public schools, the fact that the English government took out of the curriculum it's not true, my wife says. But the Holocaust is being denied by many, many. And therefore, we are facing the barrel of the gun. And at that point in time, people said, eh, it can never happen here. Jews are too powerful, we have too many people in government. Too many people have great respect from the king, from the president, from the president, prime ministers. We have our hands and feet and everything, and they don't want. They're not going to. You know, they're worried they're going to take our money away with them from, from their, their country. Nobody, nobody imagined what went down in war-torn Europe. Six million carbonists are documented. Who knows how many more there were. Because everybody said it can never happen here. They're saying the same about America. They say the same about Israel or anywhere else in the world. Halacha Esav Soina Liyakov It is a halacha that the non-Jew hates the Jew. And they keep their halakhas better than we keep ours. So yes, we need to stay together. Yes, we need to be careful. Yes, we need to know and monitor what we're up against. Whether it's in Poway, California, whether it's in Jerusalem, Sederot, or anywhere else in the world. They're all the handwriting on the wall. And we need to strive for one thing and one thing only. Actus, and through the actus, through the unity of the Jewish nation, we will merit the redemption of Mashiach Tzedkenu. Actually, the Gemara in Satan talks about 
these few black, these few pages of these days, the Jews leaving Egypt, what went on between Pari, the dialogues, and the dialogue of Shimshin, etc. It tells us also about Avram Avinu. How he had his tent, and he pitched tent, and how he had always guests coming in, and he fed them. He was in a very conspicuous area where everybody was able to see him from all sides. And people would come and eat and drink and be merry. And he would ask them to praise God. And if they refused, he would give them a bill. A hefty bill. And this would say, oh, 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 maybe I should better just thank you, God. So the question becomes, of course, what's it worth? I twisted your arm to praise God. I forced your hand because I told you I'm going to charge you an arm and a leg. What's the whole bracha worth? From this we learn that when it's even though a person starts it without the proper intentions, it will ultimately come to proper intentions. Perek Aleph Mishnah Vov Yeshua ben Prachi Avnitai Arbeilu Kiblu Mehem Yeshua ben Prachi Anita Avnitai Avnitai received it from them Yeshua ben Prachi Anita Avnitai Avnitai Yeshua ben Prachi Yeshua ben Prachi said Aseh Lecha Rav Make yourself a master teacher Provide yourself with a master Knev Lecha Chover Buy yourself Purchase yourself Acquire yourself a friend, every don is called Adam the Kafskus, and judge a friend, every person favorably. Say the Kharav, not just get yourself a teacher to teach you something, teach you how to behave. A person has Avasatsmi, a person loves themselves, self love. And with a self love, They have a natural bias, making it difficult to ultimately judge ourselves and to see what we're supposed to say and how we're supposed to act. How do we know what to do right? We consult another person. We go to a Torah person. Every man, woman, and child has to consult a Torah personality that they respect and they accept this person's advice thoroughly, faithfully. And this itself will enable a person to make the maximum use of their own potential to advise others. And even a person himself is a teacher and capable of doing this, he should have a master for himself. Asay both means provide and means force. To see to it that you have and live by Das Terah. Acquire for yourself a friend. A master is not just enough, sufficient. <coughs> sufficient. A person also needs colleagues at his own level to share the trials and the triumphs, advancing in divine, in divine service. Mm-hmm. And finally, judge every person favorably. Even a person's conduct. Even a person's conduct does not seem worthy or favorable. Of a person's judgment, one should endeavor to find redeeming virtue within them. If this context, context, in this context, it's possible to cite Yeshua's own life, where the Tana says, a person, Eisa Ish, the person that called himself a God, that declared himself a God, was a student of Yeshua, and Yeshua reached out to him and tried to get him to repent. And he says, you said yourself that one who sins and causes others to sin 
cannot repent. Rabbi Shua said, I know I said that to you, but I'm sure that somewhere you can find within your heart to repent. And by judging a person favorably, a person needs to understand the challenges of the other person. And this way you can relate to what the other person does and lives, and thereby judge them favorably. And when we judge favorably, we'll be judged favorably. When we judge favorably by God, He will say, Amech kulam tzadikim, Leilam yirshuaretz, and we will merit this Shabbos to be together with Mashiach Tzidkenu in Yerushalayim, Yerakadosh, Shabbat Shalom to all.